Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. You know, uh, today is Monday, the 2nd of July. I am now preparing a monologue that will be released early in the morning tomorrow. And I realize one of the advantages of not having a backlog is that it gives me an opportunity to respond immediately when viewers post comments to uh, previous videos and an immediate response is sometimes called for. Now, one of the viewers, I think uh, John Paul is his name, uh, said, I haven't been talking about the divine feminine. And he says, I want you to do it as soon as possible, the divine feminine. And actually, I can tell you this, uh, there is an interview with James P. Driscoll on the Godhead archetype in which he's very explicit that in Western culture, the Godhead archetype is analyzed by Carl Jung, the great Swiss depth psychologist, is lacking in a feminine principle. Uh, and that's one of the big gaps in Western culture. Now, Jung suggests it could be maybe the Virgin Mary is the closest, really, that we get to the idea of the divine feminism, of the divine feminine in Western culture. <laughs> well, there's a relationship between feminism and the divine feminine. I know a number of viewers get upset when I say I'm a feminist, but uh, one of the reasons I am a feminist is in relationship to the divine feminine. Because as a parapsychologist, uh, probably the most marginalized of all legitimate sciences, I'm aware of a certain affinity that I have for other marginalized groups. Well, what are the other marginalized groups? Women, uh, people of color, people, indigenous people around the world, people from the southern hemisphere as opposed to the northern hemisphere. Uh, people who practice alternative religions, such as uh, witchcraft, shamanism, Gnosticism. Well, all of these people have, all of these groups of people have a greater affinity for what you could call the intuitive factor. According to Jung, uh, consciousness itself, human consciousness, has four primary factors. Thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuiting. And of these our culture seems to provide the least support for the intuitive function. Thinkers do well, and I, fortunately, was always rewarded as a child in school because I could think and I did well on my tests, <laughs> which is both an advantage and a disadvantage because when you do well on taking tests, then what you want to do is live a life where you can take lots of tests. And, uh, of course, life is a lot more than taking tests. But in my lifetime, I, I realize that uh, I have taken a lot of tests. I've uh, passed various licenses as a psychologist, as a real estate professional, as a um, 
commodity trading advisor. Well, when you pursue a career in parapsychology, it's a good idea to have some backups because although I've been a parapsychologist my whole adult life, it has not been my major source of income. Well, you know, that wasn't exactly a tangent. That was relevant because we're talking about the divine feminine and how as I've pointed out, the divine feminine gets suppressed in Western culture. You talk to most people about God, and they use the masculine pronoun, God, he. That's the Judeo-Christian tradition. God is a he. Now, as a student of Kabbalah, I can tell you that in Jewish culture, there is a female component of the divine. It's called the Shekhinah. And the Shekhinah is sometimes thought of as the presence of God, sometimes thought of as uh, the Sabbath queen. There's a song that uh, we used to sing on the Friday night services. Uh, Come, O Sabbath day, and bring peace and healing on thy wing. And to every troubled breast, sing of thy divine behest. Thou shalt rest, thou shalt rest. Well, that song is, uh, to my way of thinking, considered uh, sort of an expression of the divine feminine. It's welcoming, as the Jewish people would say, the Sabbath queen. Well, the Sabbath queen is another way of referring to the feminine presence of God. And in the Jewish tradition, the welcoming of the Sabbath, all of the rituals that take place, not in the synagogue, but in the house, are often the domain of the female head of the house. The blessings on the candles for uh, Sabbath, for example. Now, of course, I'm not an Orthodox Jew. There may be Orthodox Jews who take issue with this, and I know they have very sexist attitudes, <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Uh, but it's, but it's true. I mean, there's a story in my family, for example, and I, I think maybe it expresses the sort of ambivalence that, uh, comes out of Judaism with regard to the feminine. Uh, my grandmother, Anna Mishlove, died when I was five years old. I never knew her well. But my Aunt Jeanette, her daughter, may she rest in peace, may they both rest in peace, tells a story about in the late 1940s, my dad, Jeanette's younger brother, was uh, off in the military, and Jeanette was uh, living with my grandmother at the time before she got married, and she learned that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, actually from Lubavitch in Russia, was speaking at a conference of rabbis in Chicago. Now, my family lived in Berlin, Wisconsin, a tiny little town. And 
my grandmother was so eager to see this rabbi that she and my aunt traveled by train from Fond du Lac, 120 miles to Chicago. And they went to the restaurant, the Jewish deli, I guess, where the conference was taking place in the back room. Now, I should say this. My grandmother was an orphan. Her parents had died, and she was raised in a very religious family, and she was born in Russia. She came from a part of, well, it was then Russia. It would be Belo Russia today, I think, what's known as the Russian Pale, areas where Jews were allowed to live in near the town of Lubavitch. Now, my grandmother was very devout, and she used to try and study with the boys when the rabbi would come for religious instructions. But these were forbidden to girls. But the rabbi would allow her to sit just outside the room on the other side of the door with the door partially open so she could hear and participate in the instructions that were being given. And now, many, many years later, my grandmother is uh, an American citizen and she has grown children and uh, is coming to Chicago and the rabbi, of course, an Orthodox Lubavitcher Rebbe, is never supposed to even touch a woman. And uh, my aunt and grandmother are sitting in the restaurant, and they want to talk to the rabbi who is in the private meeting room, and they pass a note to him saying, uh, Anna Schwam, that was her maiden name, is is here to see you. And eventually the rabbi came out and my Aunt Jeanette was so impressed. She said, that rabbi, that man who is never supposed to touch women, gave my mother, your grandmother, a huge hug. Unheard of. But it was because they had a close connection. It was because, I think, that rabbi, a Lubavitcher, Hasidic rabbi, understood something about the divine feminine. Understood that, uh, yes, of course, there are many rules about keeping men and women separate, not only in the Jewish religion, but in other religions as well. But that separation ought not to mean exclusive dominance by men. Because as men begin to dominate women, what happens is the psychological functions associated primarily with masculinity, thinking and sensing, are accentuated. And the psychological functions that are mostly associated with the feminine side, feeling and intuition, get diminished. And as intuition gets diminished, so does psychic functioning. And it's not acknowledged in our culture. So we live in a very off-balanced culture because of that. Because we don't acknowledge the divine feminine, and as such, we don't acknowledge the power of women in our own culture. For example, people say, why am I a feminist? They say, look at how powerful women are. They are ruining men's lives everywhere. <laughs> they control all the money. And uh, people have gone on and on about why they are not feminists. But why I am a feminist is sort of like this. Women are making great progress now, moving into the world of business, not being relegated to just being at home. 
And if women keep making this kind of progress in business, why, in just another 1,500 years, we'll have full equality. Well, why not today? Why is it that the average woman earns 70 cents on the dollar compared to men doing the exact same job? It's, to me, it's a question of simple justice, and not only simple justice, but a question of, uh, I'm a feminist not so much for women, but for myself, because I think that the imbalance that we have in our culture hurts men as well like little boys who are taught at around the age of seven or eight to be a man and stop crying. And so, little boys learn how to suppress their feelings. And men with suppressed feelings, well, they create all kinds of problems <laughs> in our culture. Uh, perhaps there are problems for women as, as well who don't get the respect that they ought to get when they do have masculine qualities, like a fine mathematical mind. I would like to see balance restored to our culture. And that balance goes all the way up to our understanding of the nature of the divine, as, as we conceive of it, and all the way down to simple issues of uh, who's going to do the dishes, how is the housework going to be divided, how are uh, relationships going to be managed, uh, should one sex be dominated, should there be laws regarding uh, what women can do with their bodies, but uh, men are not required to have uh, similar restrictions placed on them, for example. All of this, I think, is about how we ultimately treat ourselves, how we treat our psyche. There is a sense in Jungian psychology that uh, the psyche is sort of the opposite of the ego. If you have a masculine ego, then your subconscious is, is your anima. It's a feminine. But if we are in a culture in which this female, the feminine, is suppressed, then men aren't as able to get in touch with their own subconscious. So this imbalance affects all of us, I think, very deeply. Those are my thoughts. I'm happy to read whatever comments you would like to post about this. But let me ask you this question. Where do you stand in relationship to the divine feminine? Do you allow the Shekhinah, the feminine presence of God, into your life? Well, you maybe you don't allow any presence of God into your life because you think it's a stupid concept or something. I don't know. But give it some thought. Give it some thought. How do you react to the imbalances in our culture with regard to male and female? I'll leave you with that question. Thank you for being with me.